Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, my name is Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for today, I just thank you for giving us your Word, Lord, and just talking to us daily about what you have for us, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for teaching us everything that we need to know, Lord, and not leaving us inside the dark, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study in the book of Acts. We're in chapter 15, and we're covering verses 32 through 41 in this episode. So I just want to encourage you, if you're just joining us for this section, or you have not yet read this section of Scripture, to take the to hit the pause button and take the opportunity and time to read through and aid in following along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now, the floor is open for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you may have. So who'd like to begin? I will begin. <laughs> All right, Charles. The first thing that the Lord was talking to me was about verse 36, where we see... Um, that Paul and Barnabas said, let's go back. And we we have talked about in previous um, devotionals how there was a difference between them just fleeing and them shaking off the dust against them. So far, they've only had to do that to one city. They shook the dust off their feet towards mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And other than that, they just moved on to the next city. So the Lord's also just showing me here was that they didn't have a grudge against the people who were in there. <clears throat> but that they were willing to go back to see what the Lord was doing. And also, the Lord was reminding me of how with evangelizing, it's not just a one-time you preach these people and they accept Christ and you just leave them alone. They're left to their own devices because they'll eventually revert to what they have known, but it was a constant teaching process for them. It wasn't, okay, I've given you guys a morsel of bread, so you guys should be done until next month, and then I'll come back and give you a couple more crumbs but that they were had to feed them continually. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is the, the concept of seed, time, and harvest, sowing the seeds, watering the seeds, and letting the Lord bring in the increase in their life? Yes. Okay. And in their faith and in their walk with Him, their relationship with the Lord? Yes. All right. And, and there's an aspect with evangelism of fathering, Amen. right? Which is, you don't just go, okay, here's the... Here's the baby, bye. That I know the world practices that, but that's ungodly. And it leads to hurt and harm for generations. But with the word, they were like, okay, we're not just going to sow the seed and say, here's Jesus. All right. Great. I'm out. They come and minister to them and help to raise them up from a seed to full-grown adults mm-hmm. in the things of God so that those seeds are able to re- reproduce after their kind. Reproduce Absolutely. after god's kind amen what else sir and then also the lord was pointing out to me was that um we see inside of verse 38 how paul had not wanted to take with them mark 
called John because he had not gone to the work. And and Laura was pointing out to me that, but then afterwards they were immediately, um, Paul grabbed Silas who was not with him at the work at all. Mm-hmm. Pilate just, Silas just saying, came after they had the argument and they went to Jerusalem. Then he came and went to where they were. Then he stayed there. But other than that, he hadn't gone anywhere with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and wish we were. And then, uh, Mom, I think you had something along those lines uh, to further expound on that, Mommy. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, baby. Oh, Mommy, I wanted to hear from you, Mommy. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> Remind me what I said. Oh, mommy, about them being Mark being uh, Barnabas's cousin. Oh yes, um, according to Colossians four mm-hmm. verse ten, Barnabas and John Mark are cousins. Yes. So maybe that is a reason why he wanted to take him along. Um, and we, I'm not, I'm not sure if we included this in the the previous podcast, but we were discussing um, Barnabas's nature to be the forgiver. And the restorer. Mm-hmm. That's he did the very same thing to Saul when he was converted. Who, now who was, Paul that we're reading was, about exactly standing with him in Scripture today is Paul, or you know at that time, and how he was probably thinking, well, I'm doing the same thing for Mark, my cousin, that I did for you when your sin was way worse, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if if we yes. were to quantify sins, and then there's no such thing as that. Looking at it but, in natural means, exactly. But that was part of Barnabas's nature. His, his name means what? Son of encouragement. Exactly. So encouraging. Yeah, you ran away last time, but maybe you won't run away again. You know, and just like he encouraged um, Saul, who is now Paul. Yeah, you killed folks last time, but maybe you won't kill them again because God has. Because <laughs> <laughs> God even... has restored you. <laughs> exactly. You won't send those ladies to jail this time because you've been converted. You've been strengthened. You've been taught and educated and matured. And, you know, the the Apostle Paul's like, nah, bruh, I don't want to hear it. I'm not I'm not doing that. You know, remembering Mark's flaws, but we're all flawed. We all fall short of the glory of God. So yep, they're they're related. And um, my love, I think you were talking about how Mark was actually being discipled or mentored by Peter. Yes. He, he was, and it was Peter that actually, uh, well, as I commissioned him, but encouraged him to write what's now the gospel of Mark, right? Which is the, the book of faith, or a mm-hmm. book of faith, right? Mm-hmm. As far as the gospels go, mm-hmm. is the one that's, that is there to demonstrate and delineate faith and the faith that the Lord had and to help encourage us in our faith. But so I, I want to. I'll say bring up this point as well, is we talked about this in the last episode, about what did the Lord say, tell you to say, or show you to do, mm-hmm. and just do that in the manner with which he, he tells you to do. Something you we hear, or you, the listeners, hear constantly in this message and in our ministry because we're constantly saying it. Because that demonstrates the the nature, pattern, example, character set forth in Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, we as people have a tendency to look at things in the natural mm-hmm. until we have submitted those things, those areas to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that includes even looking at people in Scripture as they always got it right. 
Right. All right. So we can look at Paul, and as we were ta- discussing in the last episode, I don't know, and, and actually, Charles, you brought this up. I don't know that Paul got this one right. Right? He's saying, hey, no, no, we're not bringing him. Well, and as you pointed out in the last episode, previous episode there, honey, about, Mm -hmm. well, what did the Lord say about it? Did he say to bring him or did he say to leave him? And other places in in this book so far, and even in Paul's life, Saul, now Paul's life, he's seeking the Lord. They're fasting and praying and to get the Lord's heart and his will and his ways on the situation. It doesn't say that about this section of scripture. Right? Mm-hmm. Paul is a, is a man. I'll mm-hmm. say with with he's a nature, human. right, he's human. He, he has mm-hmm. a and he even writes that about Elijah, right? He, he's a man with a nature like ours. So, while the Lord used him mightily, it doesn't mean that he was yet perfected. Mm-hmm. Clearly he is now. Right? He's in his glorified body and glorified state in the heavenly community, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But you see that this here, this this disagreement, this contention with Barnabas over Mark weighed on him. All right? And you can see that through multiple writings. Um later in um uh Philemon or Philemon, right? Uh depending on how you want to pronounce it. He writes a plea to for uh, Onesimus, who was a slave. And he says, um, he says, is this in um, Philemon or Philemon, starting in verse 8. It says, Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I'd rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul, the aged and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, whom I have, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and me. I am sending him back. Therefore, you therefore receive him, that is my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So you see that change of heart, right? He's not saying, hey, this... This person ran away and treat them as you would any other slave. He's saying, hey, no, restore them. As opposed to what's happening here in Acts 15 in the division over John Mark. Right? But you yes. see that also in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, mm-hmm. right? Where he says, um, I'll, it's 14 through 19, I'll read this quickly says for the love of christ compels us because we judged thus that if one died for all then all died and he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again therefore from these these are the key verses here 16 and uh 16 is the key verse but it says therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh 
even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed us to us the word of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So you see the shift here if you will. He's not saying, well, you did this last time. Now, as he's no as, longer, as, saying, he's that. No longer mm-hmm. saying that, he, mm-hmm. he clearly the Lord has ministered to him and taught him and said, no, restore such a one. Mm-hmm. Restore them with the love of God. Right? It's the goodness of God that draws all men to repentance. Amen. So, so you see him, I'll say, grow and mature. He's not arrived yet, even though clearly the Lord used him and was incredibly knowledgeable in the Word and in the Scripture, and the Lord taught him and revealed to him a great many things. He was not yet perfected. And while neither are we, let's be willing to allow the Lord to perfect us, to reveal those things that are not yet in alignment with him. Mm-hmm. Which is also why Paul then says, hey, the thing, you know, treat or act according to this way. And he also says, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, if he's not following Christ, if he's out of alignment, then don't follow him in that thing. Mm-hmm. Amen. And in Ephesians chapter four, the Lord also teaches him um, verses one through six. It says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. So through the, the Paul's time with the Lord and maturing him, and I'm sure the Lord worked this in Barnabas and Mark as well, that he should not have taken that cause or allowed that dissension to come mm-hmm. at that time and that that's not what the Lord wants and how crucial the unity um, of the spirit is. And and here he goes from being like, nah, man, I ain't taking that. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to let you, you know, catch me like a sucker again or, you know, whatever he was thinking in his mind. That's the Kamisha translation. Whatever he was thinking in his but mind. But not only that, it also, again, <laughs> impacted his and Barnabas' relationship where he's just like, hey, go. Like, right. don't even come with me. And I think, Layla, you were talking about um, in between podcasts how the Lord had assigned them to walk together. But because of Paul's unwillingness to yield here, he calls or allowed dissension to come and a dividing of the efforts of the Lord versus unifying of the efforts of the Lord. And I definitely want to come into that a little bit more in the next podcast, um, or if we have time in this one. But he went from kind of a, a blustering, blow your top. That, that's how I see that Acts chapter 15. If you're just willing to be like, no, nah, well, we ain't going to talk no more. Bye. 
that kind of perspective to being humble and lowly and gentle, long suffering and bearing with one another in love, Christ really came in and said, I asked you to reconcile. As you said, this is the ministry you mm-hmm. have, not the ministry of tearing asunder, which is the carnal. If they right. pluck your eye out, pluck their eye out. You know what I mean? Eye for, eye an eye, for an eye, tooth, tooth for a tooth. Exactly. Which was of the the law and a religious standpoint. But the, the Lord would say, if you really understood, you would know that I desire mercy and not a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I desire you guys would offer each other grace in your marriage, in your families, in your relationships, and with one another versus and, and you. And the mercy also, depending on translation and where in scripture, it's obedience. Well, the obedience is to the Lord. So again, it goes right back to what is he saying mm-hmm. to you to say and or do and how he says to say it or do it in that situation. Amen. And then when we look over at Colossians, um, chapter four, we do see that Paul was able to reconcile with um, Mark to some regard. Uh, this is verse 10, which is also the verse that tells us about them being um, cousins. Aristocrus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And then it goes on and talks about other people. But it says now he's calling him a faithful, you know, these are faithful workers of verse 11. It says, and Jesus, who is called justice, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. So who was once a thorn in his side, a proverbial Mm -hmm. irritation, not the thorn in the side that's the messenger of Satan, but the thorn in the side of, I don't like what you did. I remember your sin and you're bothering me. And I don't want, um, because Paul was offended, I don't want to be near you anymore. That was put away and he transitioned to the love and now was Mm -hmm. able to see this gentleman as a, a fellow faithful worker in the kingdom and a comfort versus mm-hmm. a potential weakness to him, you know, which we talked about, you know, in the natural, his, his thoughts were, you know, naturally in the natural mind valid, but in the spirit, they were not. And God had to teach him the difference, which we're appreciative when we have a brother or a sister in Christ go before us, you know, take the hard knocks, learn the lessons. <laughs> and then bring it back to us so it's easier. Right. Yes. And just write it down in a nice little neat letter or, you know, prepare a testimony or a here's, sermon. Here's the instructions. Just follow them. Exactly. Yes. There's a pit down there, y'all. Don't go that way. <laughs> you know, we, we love it when they come back like that and we don't take the foolish route of going, well, let me see for myself. Let me see if that pit's really down there. We get to use and walk and stand on top of the foundations they've already laid and we get to benefit from their learning from Christ. So we always take the word and use it as a mirror to see ourselves. And we're thankful for our brothers and sisters who've gone before us to get the word and bring it back and um, teach us the things of God. So we're able just to walk without stumbling and be fellow partakers of their faith, because that's a part of it as well. We can't, if we're all reinventing the wheel, every life, every generation, we never move forward towards God. We're Mm. all rediscovering the, the principles of Christ and each one of us has to learn it independently. We can't just take the textbook, the Bible, and, you know, read and learn. Uh, so then there's no building. There's no standing on the shoulders there's of never any the previous generations. And exactly. Every generation should be growing closer and closer to Christ in that way. Coming because we're being built off God. the yeah. foundation laid in Christ, but also the revelation that he has given to the previous generations, that our generation and the future generations can learn from 
and Amen. move forward in. Amen. And Paul even contends with some in Scripture saying, stop doing this. Stop relaying this foundation. Amen. Stop trying to change it, but stop harping on the principal things and let's move on to the meat. Let's move on to the strong mm-hmm. things of the Lord so we can actually grow and develop and become um, mothers and fathers able to reproduce after the likeness of God in the Spirit. Amen. Well, there's a lot in there and what we discussed. So let's pause there for today and um, we will resume on the next episode. Amen. Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today and we thank you for all of your blessings and all your benefits, Lord. We thank you for the patience that you've equipped us with that we can show to others, Lord, the unity that you bring us in as we fellowship with you, God. We thank you for your heart of compassion, Lord, and your heart towards your people that you desire for them to be saved and you desire for them to walk together, Lord, that none should perish and none should be destroyed, God. And we thank you for giving us that same heart and that same attitude. Lord, we repent before you if we've caused any ought, if we have held on to any bitterness, Lord. We forgive all that we've had uh, trouble with, Lord. We let them go free, God. We thank you for your forgiveness for our, our sins and our shortcomings, God. And we choose to walk with you and to walk in your peace and your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.